Well, Jeff, it's 2022. Ah, it still has that New Year smell. <laughs> Last year was a doozy, but I have to wonder what this year will bring. But hang on. Before we barge into the future, let's take one last look back. Suppose we should. Maybe we can get some closure. <laughs> no, 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 no. I've, uh, geez. Uh, I was just suggesting we talk about our favorite images from 2021. <laughs> I know 2021 was tough, but just images, just images. Well, that sounds like a lot more fun than what I had in mind. Let's photocombobulate 2021. I took a lot of photos last year, and I even like a few of them. We're going to look back at our favorite images of 2021. I'm Mason Mark. And I'm Jeff Carlson. This is Photocombobulate. Jeff, you know, I shot a lot of pictures last year. We were supposed to be locked up in our houses, but it turns out I snuck out quite a bit last year. <laughs> you broke free. I broke free. We got in the car. We did a couple of big road trips. One you and I did, one I did with my, mm-hmm. my kids and my wife. Um, we also got out to the coast for spring break. You know, I go through my year and I'm surprised like, wow, I, I did a lot of stuff. Took a lot of photos. I was looking back and I don't feel like I took many photos. And when we reveal our numbers, I think that'll bear itself out. But yeah. but like the overall feeling of the year, I didn't feel like I went and did a lot of shooting. Although looking at my photos, I did more than I thought. So yeah. Yeah. If I look back over all the years, you know, in Lightroom, it's really easy to do this, right? You can organize yeah. everything by year and break it down into collections. And so that's what I do. And, and when I went through the year and deleted the photos I don't want, I was left with 18,300 and some photos. 18,000. 18,000, wow. which is right about normal for me. Okay. I range, depending on how many workshops I do, and depending on right. how many projects I do, I range anywhere between 12,000 and 20,000, 24,000 sometimes. So wow. this year, having 18,000 seems like a lot, but for me, that's kind of a normal year. Wow. Okay. So by comparison, I looked and I shot somewhere around 7,000 photos. Wait, wait a second. That's seven with no one in front of it. Just <laughs> with no one in front of it. Just, just 7,000. Yeah. Yeah. You, you know, Jeff, storage is cheap. You can shoot some more. <laughs> <laughs> you know, people keep telling me I should like buy these storage cards to put in my camera, but ah, why bother? Why bother? It's all in here, right? It's all in my <laughs> it's head. All, it's all up in the in my head. And, you know, those SD cards get expensive, especially if you only use them once. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Take a few pictures, throw them away. Throw them away. <laughs> oh you, my know, you shot a lot less than I did, but I think our shooting styles are different. And one of the things I want to talk about when we go through our images, our favorite images from last year. Yeah is I shot a lot of panoramas this year, and that, that takes a lot of shots to make one image. And I also did a lot of pixel shift photography, which with my camera, um, I can take my 61 megapixel uh, Sony a7R4 and put it in pixel shift mode. And it'll take 16 photos and shift the sensor slightly in between oh, each yeah. one. Yeah, yeah, and then yeah. it combines those into one mega huge file. Well, I did that a lot too. And so those, all those add up. I mean, so several thousand of my images are probably components of, of composites of some sort, right? 
Okay, that that makes a lot more sense. So in reality, you probably shot like two thousand photos, and then <laughs> a whole buttload of panorama slices. Yeah. yeah, they're all they're all panoramas. If I boil them, if I put them all together, it's I, yeah, just a couple. Hundred <laughs> okay, well, you know, and I want to just emphasize, like, it doesn't matter how many you shoot, but. I do always like to look back and, and compare. I mean, for 2020, I think I shot maybe 4,000 and that was, wow. you know, during lockdown and all that. And even that felt like more than I expected. I guess the lesson here is don't be so hard on yourself if you feel like you're not shooting enough because you're shooting, right? Like that's the important thing. And at least, you know, when we were looking through our photos to figure out which ones were our best ones, uh, there were uh, quite a few in there that I I had that sense of, oh, yeah, I forgot that we did this or, mm-hmm. oh, this turned out better than I thought, that kind of a thing, which is also a really good reason that anybody should just, you know, take some time, go look at your photos from the last year and see what you got, see what you want to work on, see what you want to do different. so Yeah, and I would actually love to do an episode sometime, Jeff, on Lightroom data mining, right? Where you mm. go in and you look, you go back and audit your work and you look at how many photos you took over a given amount of time, but also what cameras you use, what lenses you used. I think there's a lot of utility in looking back and evaluating lessons learned because we learn a lot as photographers. I think that's one of the things that attracts me to photography is I'm constantly learning, constantly evolving. And part of that process is a deliberate looking back and reviewing so that I learn from my mistakes, but I'm also conscious of the fact that I make a lot of decisions when I'm out making photographs that I don't think a lot about. And I can go back later and think about them. (laughs) And so like, which lenses did I choose to use or what Mm -hmm. focal lengths did I gravitate towards? Am I sort of trapping myself uh, sometimes? So, you know, we should do an episode on that sometime, but I, I love this process. And I do this every year at the end of the year, I do take a long time over the winter to look over my photos and decide what worked and what didn't work. I do a lot of culling, but I also do a lot of, uh, you know, organizational work with it. So, yeah, but we're here today to talk about a few of our favorite images. We're each going to share a few. And I want to remind people that this Mm -hmm. is an audio podcast, but we also offer a video version that is on our YouTube channel. So if you go to YouTube and you search for photo combobulate, You'll find videos of each of our episodes. And in this episode, we will share the images that we're talking about on the video. If you don't want to go to YouTube, though, you have a couple of other options. One of them is to look at your podcast app because we'll embed these photos in the feed so that as you're listening, you have an iPhone or something, you can pull it up and it should be showing you the photo that we're talking about. There's another way, though, too, which is actually the better way. And what's that, Jeff? The other way is to go to photocombobulate.com and find the show notes for the episode where we will put these images and you can view them large on your iPad or your computer screen or whatever and really get a good sense of what we're talking about. And, of course, for those of you who are thinking, I don't want to do any of those things. I'm just driving and listening. We will do our best to uh, describe what the image looks like. But at some point, you want to go take a look. Yeah, this is a photography podcast. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> we do have to show some photos every now and then. Exactly. Exactly. That's, that's the conundrum. I'm going to talk about one of mine first and then we'll bounce back and forth. How does that sound? So we'll take one Sounds of mine good. and then we'll take one of yours and uh, we'll 
chat about them a little bit. So I want to start out with one of my favorites from the year. They're all my favorites. So I shouldn't say that, right? It's, it's a <laughs> one of my favorites of the favorites. <laughs> one of my favorites of the favorites. Possibly my favorite image of the year. This is a family photo I took in Yellowstone. We did a road trip in June where we drove, my wife and kids and I drove out through some of the big national parks of the West. We went to Craters of the Moon and uh, Grand Teton National Park and also to Yellowstone. And when we were at Yellowstone, we did several hikes. And on one of the hikes that we did, I found this spot that was just really lovely. It was a beautiful day. And I asked my wife and kids to stop. They were walking ahead of me on the trail. They're always ahead of me because I'm stopping to take photos, right? People know (laughs) how this is. And my kids get impatient and they march off down the trail. And my wife's, you know, meandering after them. And so I asked them to stop and turn around in this, this particular spot. And I just made this photo. It was kind of a snapshot but I had a, a, an image in mind. It wasn't just a grab shot. I, I saw the composition in my mind and I had my 50 millimeter 1.2 lens, which is my favorite lens I bought this year. It's probably my favorite lens, period. And I, I use it a lot and I love the shooting it wide open, especially for portraits like this where people are in, are in an environment where I don't want to necessarily have everything in focus. And so my wife and kids are kind of down in the bottom right hand portion of the photo and the trail starts blurry and then gets sharp where they're at and then fades away. And then the mountains and stuff in the background are nice and soft. But what I love about this photo is brilliant is my composition and and focusing. (laughs) What I love about this photo is just the, the pose that the kids took on, you know, my wife is standing there and she's got her arm over Cooper, my son, and she's holding his hoodie in her hand She's always carrying his jacket for some reason. Uh, and then he's standing there and he decided to put his hand up over Claire's head and kind of lean down and put his head on her head. And then she's got her hoodie kind of gathered up in her arms. And it's just, it's really sweet. There's a lot of hands kind of crisscrossing. This isn't a pose that I would ever think of to put my kids into. It's just something they came up with and it seems really organic and endearing. And I, I just love how this shot turned out because of that. So my shot number one, a little family snapshot taken on the trail at Yosemite or not Yosemite at Yellowstone. I want to point out a couple of other things. To their left and right, we've got some uh, trees that, that are in focus, and so that that frames them really nicely. Like the eye is immediately drawn to them, also because you know Claire's wearing pink, uh, Cooper's coat is red, so you've got some little you know spot of color there that I'm sure you planned in advance. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Um also the like catch light on your wife's hair is really really nice because it's coming sort of from behind uh her left. And so like you get some some gold in there. So I would, again, good job either going and setting up a big light right over there or seeing seeing the composition because so many times you're in a situation like this and especially I should also point out this is a you know middle of the day blue sky no dramatic clouds or anything mm-hmm. and this is a hard time to shoot sometimes because you can get really bright spots on people's faces or you go into the shadows and then you have you know, different varying levels of you know some you know really bright spots and dark spots and so the lighting works out really well but the thing that I want to really draw people's attention to on this image is that shallow depth of field because this is something that that I struggle with because I get to a scene like this and I think 
it's a landscape. We've got mountains in the background. We've got a lake off to the left. So everything needs to be in focus. Like I think like a like a landscape photographer, right? And so, you know, you shoot an F8, F9, everything's nice and focused. But that's not the story. The story is the family right here on the trail. And so by shooting it really wide open – they're in focus and the trees to the left and right of them are in focus and everything else is soft. But it's it's also not, you know, that super, super creamy, completely out of focus because there's a lot of depth there, like actual physical depth. And so it, it's just nicely soft. And that combination of things really puts the focus on them, the subject, and the trees that are framing them mm -hmm. and just balances everything out really nicely. Thank you. It's on us as photographers when we're in a situation like this to read the light, read the situation, and see opportunities to make these types of photographs. Mm -hmm. I have lots and lots of pictures of my wife and kids in unflattering light, we'll say, where they're deep in shadow or they're in super bright sunlight and everything's blown out. Every now and then I do see a situation where I'm like, wow, that is not what I would call eye popping light. But if I can put them in just the right spot where there's some reflection coming up off the ground to light their faces and that sort of thing, it does work really well. So it, it is something to watch for. And sometimes you hit, sometimes you miss, but it's worth, it's worth digging in and trying that. Even if your kids are a bit grouchy about hiking and stuff like that, it's worth <laughs> taking a few moments. And yeah. making these photos. And this is one one of our favorites from the year. Yeah, I love it. I love it. All right. What do you got, Jeff? Okay. So I'm actually going to pivot this to a full-on portrait. This Ooh. was probably the first quote-unquote real photo, photo shoot that I did during mm -hmm. the year. And this was a, a friend of mine who was starting her own business and she wanted some some portrait photos, some headshots and things. And so this – is my friend Lynn. It's a very simple shot. She's on a blue background and just looking at the camera. Um, I had set up some lights and there are two things that I love about this. One is the look on her face. So all the other shots, she's smiling. She's you know, sort of being more engaged because as a business owner, mm -hmm. you know, you want to be welcoming. You want to you want people to immediately see your picture and think, oh, I want to work with this person. And this image was sort of a, a middle image where mm -hmm. I think she was just being patient and waiting for me. And so her <laughs> her lips are are together. She's not smiling in a big overt way. And she just has this like piercing, knowledgeable look. And so even though this was not one of the pictures that she chose to use – it's my favorite of the bunch because mm. it just has this this serene quality about it that I wasn't really expecting. What jumps out at me about this photo, and I remember looking at this series when you did these, you sent off a bunch of them to me to look at. And, mm -hmm. uh, you know, I don't know Lynn. I can guess, you know, since she's a friend of yours about her. Mm -hmm. But looking at this photo, I can make a lot of assumptions about her personality and about her demeanor. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's a very captivating photo for me. A couple of things that really make that. So one is it is that facial expression you're talking about. I, I totally agree with you on that. It's not disingenuous looking. It looks, it looks how we, how we look when we're not trying to pose, right? Yes. This looks natural. It looks relaxed, yes. but the way that her hair 
I, and I, I have gray hair. You, you have some gray hair. Yeah. She has this lovely, I love gray hair. I think it looks so good in photos and people want to poo poo. And I, I just think that's sad how it comes down over her eyes and that blue background and that blue shirt and that silverish gray hair along with their skin tones. It just really works. It, it really makes a nice package. And I do remember this. I don't remember exactly what you said, but her company name has blue in, in the company name, right? Yeah, yeah. Her company name is Blue Potato. She she <laughs> does does coaching, uh-huh. and and this is actually the other reason that I really like this image as much just for the experience of doing it because it was a little bit of a surprise because that's actually a white background behind her. So a couple of things were happening. This was also taken, I want to say, in April or May. And mm, yeah, I remember this actually earlier, I think. So this was before uh, vaccines were available. And this was basically I went to their house and they had like a little, you know, one of those tent things set up in their backyard so they could hang out outside. And, you know, I was fully masked. And, and so we were outside under a cover. And so I set up a white background behind her and a couple of lights or actually one light. And then uh, her husband uh, graciously was voice activated light stand for <laughs> holding a reflector to get a little balance on the, the left side of the image. But I was not really shooting a, a blue background. What I had done was I was having some issues where my auto white balance was sort of all over the place. And so I just like slammed it into like a fixed value Mm-hmm. Because I knew that I could then easily change that later rather than, yeah. you know, doing it in each one. And when I did that, two things happened on some of the shots where I had another light below that was supposed to hit the back of that backdrop and just you know send it all to complete white. Mm-hmm. And that didn't fire as consistently as I would have liked. It's an old, old um, speed light. And so what happened is this. I had a shot where the the bottom flash did not fire. And because I had a different white balance, it turned everything blue. So I did have to go into um, into Lightroom and Photoshop and, uh, you know, retone her skin to make it natural color. But just the the coincidences of how this turned out and the fact that her company is Blue Potato – it was just a really nice combination of galactic events that were good for me, right? So Yeah, serendipity, right? This serendipity, I, that's the word I was looking for. I think the what I also love about the backdrop is it's got a bit of a texture to it. It's very subtle, but mm-hmm. it doesn't look like you're in a studio necessarily, but yeah. it, it does look deliberate. Like you curated a nice scene for her to be in and it the lighting is very good. You know, the catch light in her eyes and everything is is Perfect. I, I do. I think this portrait works. I'm uh, a little disappointed that she didn't see the magic in it and use it in her, <laughs> in her <laughs> stuff. But I think that photographers often we, we find things in photos that other people just don't see. I, I did a similar type of shoot this year, too, with this past year with a client and the portraits that she liked weren't necessarily the ones that I liked. So, yeah, yeah it's, it's the way it goes. Yeah. Well, you know, you have you have like business reasons for a por- portrait. Sure. You know, this this doesn't necessarily say, hey, I can be a good coach, but I think it's a fantastic picture of Lynn as a person and just as a portrait in general. So serendipity and maybe a little bit of skill, but I think more skill than you give yourself credit for. Oh, well, thank you. All right. 
What's next? Not everybody can shoot portraits outdoors in a tent. That's that's for sure. <laughs> this is true. So I want to talk about a panorama. I shot a billion of these this past year on our trip. You you put up with a lot of me. Like, hang on, I got to do a few more sweeps of these of this scene. <laughs> and we got up one morning really early in Yosemite, and we went up to Glacier Point, which is this amazing viewpoint in Yosemite. And as it turned out, there was just enough smoke in the air to create a glorious sunrise, even though there wasn't any clouds. We didn't get a brilliant sky. We had a very clear sky. And we got this kind of really good, warm sunrise out of out of the location. What was great about this spot, it's a it's an amazing vista, right? I mean, it's this world-famous viewpoint of Half Dome in the Yosemite Valley. It, lots of people come up there and watch the sunrise every day. And one of the people up there that day went out and sat on these rocks that are over on the right-hand side of this image. And she sat out there with a blanket on and was taking photos with her phone and looking at her phone and stuff. And it, you, you and I both at the time had commented, like, you know, there's an Instagram you know, kind of a photo with this woolen looking woven blanket, you know, it's almost a cliche, but I do like having humans in my landscape photos because they give a sense of scale and they also are a pathway for viewers of the photo into the image. So they could say, they could kind of be empathetic and say, I could see what it, I could imagine sitting there mm-hmm. with that person or being that person and looking out over the scene. So I like that. But she wasn't in a position where we were shooting where it was easy to get her in the composition. And this is where I think panoramas really shine. I, The reason I like to do panoramas, I made a, a resolution for this this year to not do so many panoramas. But one of the reasons I like doing panoramas is it allows me to use a longer focal length than I normally would to shoot a landscape, but still get a very wide view of a scene. So I love wide angle lenses. I have a 14 millimeter lens I just adore. But if I shot this scene with a 14 millimeter lens, everything would look like it was way, way far away. And there wouldn't be much in the way of compression in the scene. There, Everything would look distant and, and spread apart. By using a longer focal length, and this one is the 50 millimeter. Again, the 50 millimeter is my lens of the year <laughs> by far. In fact, I think almost all of these shots in this are the 50 millimeter, but I took the 50 millimeter lens and I put it on my camera and I put it in portrait orientation. So, so vertically, and then I put on a gimbal, a bracket, and then I, I take a shot, pivot, take a shot, pivot, take a shot, pivot. And so this is actually a, a, a nine or 10 shot sweep. And then I stitch it all together in Lightroom and Lightroom does a fantastic job of making this all work very seamlessly. Stitch it all together, and then you get this incredible wide-angle view without it make you know half dome looking like it's tiny, tiny, tiny back in the, mm-hmm. in the distance. So this is one of my favorite panoramas of the year. I chose it over some of the others to show here because I think the elements in it work together really well: the sun, the half dome, the the woman on the right. But I shot a lot of panoramas, and so there's some from the Alabama Hills that I really like. There's some from Crater Lake. Yeah. Grand Teton National Park, you know, all of these places got some panorama action for me this year. I shot panoramas using a hundred to 400 millimeter lens. I shot panoramas using a 24 millimeter lens. So I just kind of went crazy. I need to curtail that a little bit this year because it's become something that I just go and do. It's a comfortable process for me. Hmm. So when I'm in a beautiful place, I'm like, oh, let's do panoramas. And I get the rig out and I set everything up and I just do that. And it doesn't force me to try new things. It's just what I 
what I do. I'm good at it. So I enjoy this photo, but it, uh, when I look at it, I'm also like, what if I tried finding other ways to shoot this scene instead of just running to the pano? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I like this a lot. And, and also one of the things that you didn't mention is that because of the smoke and because of the sun just cresting right over the, the little uh, hill right there, we get these really dramatic shafts of sunlight and uh, you know they're, they're moving. You know the sun is sort of two thirds of the way to the right of the of the composition, and they're heating up the rocks at the the far left side of the valley, and so you have a lot of of motion here because those those shafts of light are just drawing you across the composition. I think if if that wasn't there. I would probably suggest, you know, cropping it about a third of the way in because nothing really would be happening over on the left. And so this makes this work really nicely. And I will say as someone who is shot next to you, it's it's not a burden that you are doing so many panos. <laughs> it does make me think like, oh man, I should be doing some more panos, but we each shoot the way we shoot. And and it's good it's good that you are are, you know, being conscious of Oh geez, here I am just going back to the same old thing and I need to do do other things. Yeah. 2021, yeah. the year of the panel, 2022 won't be. Let's let's say it that way. Let's say that, yeah. <laughs> okay. So for mine, uh this is going to look really familiar because I was standing probably, you know, <laughs> 2 feet to your left. <laughs> yep. And so I'm just going to jump in and do my version of this shot. And this is a very different picture mm -hmm, much. in in many ways. And so this is the, the exact same area, uh, the same woman sitting out uh, on that little rock. It's not a panorama. I, I, I shot it as a HDR. I was bracketing because I wasn't sure exactly how the sunlight was going to be working. And, you know, it's, it's really, really dark in the valley. This was um, – I, I don't have the timestamp on it, but this is, you know – Five thirty, six o'clock, six thirty. Yeah, maybe. it's well before sunrise. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Really trying to pull all the dynamic range that my camera can muster out of this. But when I was shooting, as as the conditions changed again, I, I had this in auto white balance. Um, for some reason, for a, a, like a series of maybe five or six images, the camera really went purple. It, it, it really sort of like read everything as needing to be tinted purple. Now, yours is very orange because you're you're catching it right as the sun has come up. And and some of my shots are, are not this purple. They're sort of more greenish. But this was one of those shots where I, I saw it in the camera and I was like, wow, that's going to be something, right? Yeah. I didn't know exactly what it was going to be, but it, it just instantly spoke to me. And so here I have Half Dome on the left, the woman and these trees on the right. The sunrise is just this sort of yellow, pink, purple gradation going up into the sky. And I just – I love the feeling of this image. And I think in large part it's because of that early purple hue to it. And I think – I'm going to go out on a, on a limb here and say like this might be my – Number one favorite image that I shot this year. It is spectacular. And, and there's a few things about it. I totally agree with what you said about the, the, the color and white balance is a 
you know, we don't have to render our scenes exactly the way we saw them. That's not yes. our job as photographers. If this were a photojournalistic image, yeah, of course. But in this case, it, it you're by going lavender, I'll call this color lavender. Cause I, yeah. it, it's just, it's really pretty by going lavender. You do capture some of the coolness of the morning. It was chilly and it was kind of smoky and hazy. You know, the sun mm -hmm. hadn't cut up to cut through that haze. And so this color sort of permeates everything. It's like a blanket across the whole image. And I, I really, really like it. When I first saw this, I, I started thinking like, what if you shifted the color this way or shifted it that way? And I think that your instincts to stick with this purple lavender tone creates a lot of serenity in the scene and it, and it works really well for me. I, I love that you have this girl in profile, this woman in profile. I, I, I was kind of behind her more and so mm -hmm. I didn't get to see her face. And so for me, I'm really jealous because she is much more interesting in, in your frame than in mine. She's just sort of this blanket with a mop of hair sticking up. Out of it in yeah. my shot. <laughs> and so having this human element, on the right side, looking into frame and then having half dome, this dominating landform on the left side, these are these two anchors that really work with each other. She's looking at half dome, half domes, you know, looking away. <laughs> the maybe. There's a lot to play with here in a, sort of a narrative and I really like it. Uh, and I love that you were further out on the point and you got more of a view down and to it's really hard unless you go to Glacier Point and stand there. It's really hard to convey to people just how creepy it is to stand 3,000 feet above the valley floor and look straight down. Yeah, It really is. Even for me, I don't mind heights. Um, that was a place where you, you don't relax very well there. Really crazy <laughs> to be that high up. And this image captures some of that for me because yeah. of the way that that cliff in the foreground just drops off. And that mine doesn't have that. So I really like that about yeah. this shot. I think you nailed it. I, I'm, I'm going to say one more thing in that I forget about this all the time because I will say, I will admit that when we were there, that literally you and I were the first people there. Yeah. And so, you know, we were setting up in the dark and then, you know, gradually a few more people came. And when this woman came out and, and sat on the rock, I was kind of annoyed. I'm like, you're getting into my composition and I'm thinking, I'm, you know, I'm going to have to Photoshop her out. And mm -hmm. I'm glad that I abandoned that really quickly because having a person there conveys so much of the sense of scale. Mm -hmm. And I forget how important that can be. And so that yeah. really helped. Here in the West, you know, trees can be absolutely just staggeringly massive. And so mm -hmm. it's hard to get a sense of scale in a lot of photos of the West because, you know, this brush and these rocks on the right, they could be 10 feet high. They could be a foot high. It's hard to tell yeah. uh, until you put something familiar into the shot. So yeah, I, I love that she's there and it, okay. she was worth the $20 I paid her to put out. So. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> All right. <laughs> what do you have next, Mr. I'm going to set the scene. <laughs> If I was going to pay somebody to sit in a landscape, I wouldn't have them wear a Instagrammy blanket. That's for sure. Instagrammy. That's a that's a new word for us. You would have right. me there with one of those big hats, a giant hat and a red a red parka. So the photo that I want to share is actually this desktop image that I have on my computer, and I, so I look at it a lot. It was a shot that I took on our trip. This was in Bodie at the ghost town that we went to. And one of the things I really liked about Bodhi was all the textures. In fact, I spent probably half the time that I was there walking around, just kind of taking close-ups of <laughs> rusted metal and weathered wood oh, and yes. bricks and all of that. And there was this one particular building that had a lot of different textures working together. 
And as the sun got lower and lower in the sky, I remember thinking, you got to come back to this spot and take this shot when the sun gets a little bit lower. So there's a very much a deliberate agenda here. And I came back as the sun got low and I found this composition. It's very simple. It's just two iron doors and all this brick around it and then the grass at the bottom. There's three elements really in the shot, but there's so much going on in the way the bricks are all cracked and decayed and the rust and the scratches on that door and then the grass. And there's even a loose brick kind of laying on the ground as if it fell off from somewhere up high and landed there. I just, I love this shot for its textures and its tones. It's got a a very strong definition to it. And I shot this with my Sony a7R4. So it's a very high definition shot. And I um, actually, I think I might've done this as a pixel shift. I'd have to go look, but I have tons and tons of data to work with. And I was able to make this so crisp and sharp that you can almost just reach out and touch it. It just feels very realistic. And I, I love that about our modern cameras that we can render things so sharp and and finely textured and toned that it's almost virtual reality to look at these photos. And so I just love this shot for all the textures. You know, this is one where maybe a person in the shot would have been good, but I think it's the subject on its own has a lot to say. So it works. I would actually say a person would detract from this because you're closer in, you are, are, you know, really looking at the doors and the, and the brick. And if you had a person there, then it would be just a person in front of something mm, rather yeah. than taking a picture of the something. So your choice here was really good. And yes, uh, dear listener, I have many photos of Mason basically like standing almost flush with a bunch of uh, walls and windows walking through this town of you just like it almost looked like you were a video game character that kept running into walls because you were just like, like what is he staring at and then I you know then I'd come around a little bit and realize you'd had this you know amazing old brickwork or iron or you know tin there was a lot of tin there yeah um tourists walking back like, is he okay <laughs> exactly. <Okay. laughs> yeah. Uh, if you ever get a chance to go to Bodie, it's just a, a buffet of textures. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't have to take wide angle, you know, scenery shots there. You could just spend all your time with all of the details and yeah. never run out of stuff to take photos of. Yeah. I am spot. a little curious though, how much of this was deliberate and how much of this was, was just the way it was. Um, because these doors are not directly centered. It's a little, a little offset to the right, or mm-hmm. actually maybe, maybe the middle of the doors is, but because the right door might be a little shallower, I can't really the, tell, but the left but, door, the left door is, is in the center of the frame and the okay. right door is off to the right a little bit. And that's because of that flaw in the wall on the left. I thought that was part of the story for me. Yeah. Okay. And, and I wanted there to, I love symmetry. I, I mean, I shot a lot of photos this year that are very even. Mm-hmm. And this one I shifted just ever so slightly because that left-hand door was just slightly larger mm-hmm. and that crack on the left had so much to say. I kind of opted to go that way. I'm, I shot other photos where it was perfectly centered. And when I got back on the computer and spent some time looking at it, this, this spoke to me more. The whole composition is just this this patchwork of decay and rebuilding and, you know, things that have been clearly patched up 
over time, but maybe not successfully. And, <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, part of what I love about this, it isn't even so much the doors, which are great, but I love how above the doors, the brick line has this swoop to it where <laughs> – you know, at some point, maybe like a layer of bricks had come out or they just fixed it or just the way it is settled yeah. uh, that that just adds so much character to it. So it's great. It. Yeah. Yeah. OK. So for me, because you mentioned symmetry, I'm going to go right into a symmetrical picture that I shot again on our trip. And Actually, I was a little surprised that I didn't choose everything from our trip, uh, you know, because that's probably where I shot most of my photos this year. But this is one that has sort of bubbled to the top as I've been reviewing uh, the images. Um, we had stopped by the side of the road. And in fact, I've already forgotten exactly where this was. Yeah, this um, is up on Bishop Creek. Bishop so Creek. Up, Thank up you. Up on Bishop Creek, yeah. You're so much better at remembering places and locations than I am. We were in a spot that had this little pond and there's lots of, of grass. And uh, the, the picture that I shot is a, a single tree and it's got golden leaves. And behind it, you have some green trees, some darker trees and a, and a cliff face. And in the sort of lower middle foreground, you have the the edge of this pond, which is just a bunch of, of tall grasses, and then a little bit of the pond itself. And so you're getting the reflection of the tree uh, just as almost just like a smudge. Mm -hmm. And then in the direct foreground is some more of that, that tall grass. This is something like this almost couldn't be more symmetrical. And it was something that I saw – because not only was it here's a nice bright golden tree that's against a dark background and, ooh, there's also a water reflection, ooh, even better. But there's this this little dip in the grass in the foreground that's just right where this tree is. And so it has like a little scoop. Mm -hmm. And this was something that, that I had to really kind of work to get. Like I saw this here. I, I saw that composition. And I had to make a whole bunch of little adjustments because there wasn't actually a lot of room where I was shooting it. I could either go back up to the road or I could fall into the drink, right? <laughs> and yeah. so, so you know, trying to, to figure out how to make this composition work where I was standing and just the, the, the confluence of being able to put this tree right in the center and have that little scoop in the in the grass really worked for me and really sort of set that little photographer tingle in the back of my head uh, <laughs> on fire. Well, you know, I think fall color is your fall. Is, yeah. It, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's your is your thing. But there's a little bit of fall color too. Yeah. 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 My, my yeah. brain does like explode for fall color. Yeah. This is, you, you go this into high gear, high gear when fall <laughs> colors around. And I, you know, I, I shot this tree as well. I don't think I got as much out of it as you did. I think that what makes this image really work for me is the isolation of that tree in the frame being centered and having this sort of framework of other trees that are in the background that aren't bright and colorful. You know, there's mm -hmm. some greenery and some rocks and stuff back there. So this tree just sort of jumps out, but the best part of the image I think is the water. I love water in photos yes. and you chose a longer exposure, which gives this water a mystical look. It's not totally silky. So it's, it hasn't become sort of this mirror of mm -hmm. all of the color and texture. It's, it's got its own texture. This really 
delicious. And the grass in front, right at the very bottom of the frame, there's just a little bit of motion in that grass too from the long exposure. And I think that just works so well to give a sense of you know life to this image. These landscape images are so static. And anytime you can add just a little bit of an indication that there was some dynamicism to the image, to the scene, it gives life to the photo. And moving water, moving grass, uh, a lot of times can, can do, that, do that for you. And you've got both here. So I just love it. What's great, though, is the tree didn't move much. So the wind wasn't really hitting the tree very well. And so the tree is nice and sharp. So you get the both, best of both worlds. I love yes. that. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. So cool. All right. Um, I can't believe that you picked this next image. I, it's, <laughs> it's almost like it was from like your single favorite day on the trip. <laughs> yes. Yes. This is, uh, it is funny that three of my four this are, are from our trip, which was a fabulous photo excursion, right? So, you know, it was what we were there for and we got, got what we, we went for, but this, night where we spent in, if you haven't listened to our episode yet on our trip to California, um, you need to listen to it because it, we go into much more detail about the locations and things like that, but I don't want to beat that horse too much, but this night at Bristlecone Pine Forest up in the White Mountains, uh, east of Bishop, I will never forget it. It was just incredible. What a great location. I, these trees just really, really appealed to me. I don't think I've ever photographed a natural feature that had so much character. So people to me have tons and tons of character, but this tree thousands of years old, isolated out on this rocky slope, the branches and everything have this very almost Medusa hair kind of look to it or arms sticking up. I don't know what you, you can make of it, but Mm -hmm. the whole tree has got this twist. That's really amazing. And we, we shot this from all different angles and we spent quite a bit of time here. I kept coming back to this angle because of the way the tree was leaning uphill. And then when the sun went down and the stars came out later, um, we were playing around with lights and doing all kinds of fun stuff with these trees. And I found this combination of very subdued artificial light on the tree in the foreground and the rocks in the foreground and the stars of the Milky Way. And I think the orange of the tree balanced against this really powdery blue of the sky just knocks my eye out. I just love it. I can look <laughs> at it all day. I love the texture of that wood. I love the stars. It's just, it is one of my favorite photos I've ever made. Compositionally, there's not much going on. It's a tree in the middle of a frame, but it's just the way everything lines up. It just says so much to me. It's so simple and elegant. I just love it. Compositionally, you do have the tree basically, you know, belching out the Milky Way directly above it. So that was a nice little, nice little deliberate choice there. Yeah. Strangely enough, now I've seen this picture before and I have photos from here, not this exact angle uh, while we were there. But for some reason, the thing that that draws my eye and not in a bad way is the, the slope of that hill off to the left. Mm-hmm. So we have the foreground in the tree that's been lit up by by the lights that we had. But having the rest of this slope on the right-hand side being in silhouette and then uh, what I think was just like another hill like around the bend off to the left. Yeah. And for some reason that's that's really speaking to me as – Maybe it's it's just doing a good job of dividing the the sky in the background and the foreground, or it's just a nice 
uh, you know, wonderful contrast because it's so dark and it has that that mystery of, okay, we've exposed this area. Like, well, literally exposed it, but I mean, in, <laughs> yeah. in the sense of, you know, here's a snapshot in time. Here's what this thing looks like. And it's, it's night, but th- there's more out there. There's, there's more behind. And for some reason, I'm drawn to that question of, okay, well, what else is out there? Because this looks so intriguing and alien and angular and you've got the stars and all of that, like what else is out there? Uh-huh. And so, so, so for me, that's what makes this photo move. It's the angles and it's that, that depth in the story that I think work really well. Well, I love that you said that because, you know, looking back over these photos, when we're there, we were there for hours and I shot image after image after image. We never stopped working. And mm, yeah. we, we played around a lot with the light position from the artificial lights we were using. We played around a lot with different colors. We played around a lot with different positions of shooting, you know, from one side to the other and that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. What I found when I was looking at the photos, and I, I don't think I was, it was consciously something I thought about on the scene, was that darkness in the back on the landscape that we're not lighting up. And I, th- I consider it now a drop shadow, right, of this, of this image and I, the reason I like this one better than some of the other ones where I'm at a lower angle. So my tripod was set up lower and it, the tree sort of projects more into the sky and there's less in the background is because that dark stripe gives a real deep sense of, of separation between the, the hillside that the tree is on and then the next hillside and then the sky. And so yeah. I think having just the tree up against the sky, which was a lot of my frames, it just didn't have that impact. So yeah, I'm glad you noticed that too, because mm-hmm. coming back and looking at the photos, I'm like, wow, I really like that. Yeah, I didn't even yeah. think about it at the time, but I obviously chose a higher position for my camera at some point because mm-hmm. I, I, that that caught my eye. I think. Yeah, yeah, or well, or like some part of you was thinking about it, just not not like front of mind because we were doing so much. And this is something that, as I've looked through my images and and we're going over your images. Something that, that keeps coming back to me is is just the the situational aspect of each one because I'm really seeing these images not entirely as, oh, I like how this composition ended up and I like the way the, the coloring was, but also just like the, the experience of doing it. I mean, part of the thing is I look at this and – there's some tension here because this is not something that anybody would know unless they they were there or they heard about mm-hmm. it. But you know, for me, this also tells the story of when we arrived there, it was just choked in smoke. We were in tail end of the wildfire season and we did not expect really anything in the sky. And then it, like literally the, the sky cleared and the stars came out and we were treated to this amazing starscape that, you know, I, I wasn't expecting at all. And I have some photos of mine that I really, really like because they've got star fields in them. And so I keep coming back to like this experience of it. So it's not just here's a nice picture with good composition, mm-hmm. but here was what I felt and what I remember from taking this photo. That power is there for me as well. And that's one of the things as a photographer, looking at your own work, you get to the benefit of having the memories that go along with it to mm-hmm. add um, even more impact for the photo. You know, the part of the star photos at the Bristol Cone Pines that makes me grin when I look at them is knowing that 
There was a large group of very experienced photographers that bailed at sunset because it just wasn't going off. And we stayed not thinking that we were going to get stars, not saying, well, mm. let's just wait. And I bet you we're going to get the Milky Way. I don't remember ever saying that or thinking no, that. No, that wasn't even a consideration. What we did, though, is we started playing. We were like, you know what? We didn't get a great sunset. Let's see if we can get something out of this by using some flashlights. Yeah. And so we we dug lights out of our bags and we were using red lights and white lights and shining them all different angles and distances. And we were trying over and over and over. And these were all long exposures. So we're doing, you know, 30 second exposures over and over and over. Mm-hmm. And I remember being like, well, let's try this. Let's try this. And each each time it was 30 seconds or a minute that we were trying something new. And before long, we had chewed up a couple of hours and yeah. the stars came out. It wasn't a time of persistence for us. It wasn't like we were gutting it out to get the better shot. It was mm-hmm. that we were just having fun experimenting with stuff because we were trying to make the most of a kind of a disappointing light situation. Mm-hmm. And our reward was that we got the stars. You know? Yeah. And I just love that. I, I'll never forget that because it was just, even if we hadn't gotten the stars, the shots we got with the lights post-sunset were just awesome. They're some of my favorites too. But uh, yeah, it was such a great night, a great time. Absolutely. Never mind, it was cold. but It It was very cold, yes. yes. (laughs) (laughs) Can't forget that it was damn cold. Yes. (laughs) Okay, so for my last picture, I'm going to lean into the experience of taking this photo. The photo is a black and white portrait of my wife and my mother-in-law. And they're they're both sort of very tight in the frame, heads you know leaning against each other. Uh, they're both smiling. It's just a nice mother daughter portrait. And what stands out to me about this is you know a it's a good portrait and I and I, I really like it. And of course it's family, so of course that's going to to elevate this. But as much of that, it was the experience of shooting it because what happened was. Uh, so my mother-in-law came and visited us over Thanksgiving and we got to have her here for a week. It was great. And the day that she was going to leave and go back to California, I said, can I just have you for a couple of minutes? We'll take a few portraits. I set up a softbox and a light actually in the spot that I'm sitting right here uh, with the, the gray background and just you know this little impromptu photo studio can I have you for a few minutes? And she was totally game for it and came down and I shot, you know, maybe a handful of test photos. Some of them, you know, where she's just patiently waiting. There's like no character. She's just like, well, this is what Jeff does. So I'll stand here and be be agreeable. And I shot a few pictures of her. And then uh, when my wife came in to basically say, all right, we need to to head out and, and head to the airport. I said, well, jump in here. We'll take a couple of pictures. And it's just the warmth between them or just the happiness on my wife's face that that Patty was here turned into one of my favorite family portraits. And it was done super quick. I didn't end up doing very much editing on this, I don't think. Uh, this is just one light. I think I had like like one of these LEDs on just for a little bit of fill. But just that that sense of, oh, I can borrow somebody for just a few minutes and make a, a, a photo that I then printed out and I gave to my wife and she loves it and she has it hanging up next to you know, where she works upstairs. And 
this is a nice portrait that would not have otherwise happened. And also I was able to do this again quickly and impromptu. Impromptuly, I'm really going well on the words. Well, sp- spontaneous, spontaneously, right? spontaneous. Yes, exactly. Yeah. So, I, you know, I love this shot, and I remember you sending it to me, saying, "What do you think? I just did this." And I was like, "Wow, you just grabbed that." And a couple of things come to mind. Number one, it's always nice to have a space in your home if you're a photographer where you can do a quick portrait. Yes, I think it's just, you know, if you can set up a space that works for that. You should take advantage of it because this is precious. I mean, this is a picture of your wife with her mom. Nobody's getting younger. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And it is something, you know, it just took a few minutes and no one's ever going to regret being involved in this. And I love your wife's hair coming down in the middle and how it perfectly frames her mom's <laughs> yeah. jawline. Yeah. And the fact that there are no reflections in the glasses at all, the glasses are absolutely clear. That's so hard to do mm-hmm. um, with portraiture and the light is coming in. It's so nice and it's hitting their hair. Your wife is wearing this really nice sweater and then her mom's wearing a fleece coat and the textures of that fabric is just so nice. Everything about this just works. And the fact that you made it black and white, it gives it a little bit more impact on those textures and those those things like the hair. Yeah. It I'm not distracted by the color of Kim's sweater or anything like that. It's all about the textures and then these eyes. It wouldn't be a, a stretch to show this to somebody and say, "Do you think these people are related?" <laughs> right? <laughs> it's obvious, you know, the the their mother daughter. It's just so cool and the smiles are the same, the eyes are the same. I just love mm-hmm. it. I think it's brilliant. And I'm so glad you did. I really you know, this leads me to one thing I wanted to say in this episode. I don't do New Year's resolutions, Jeff. I, I just think that you know, I have enough things that I feel pressure and stressed yeah, out totally. about. Yeah, totally. Same here. <laughs> <laughs> Anxiety in my world. But I did make a resolution this year to take more people photos, to deliberately stop and say, wait a second, yeah. grab that person, make a photo. I was at an event yesterday where I got to drive a, a vehicle, right? And the mm-hmm. guy that was driving with me was this interesting guy from Texas. And afterwards, I'm like, will you stand here? Can I take your picture? And he was like, okay, sure. <laughs> and the picture came out great. And it just took a second. It just like this portrait session. It's like, hey, I got some lights. I got a backdrop. I got a camera. I'm a photographer. You're cool. Why don't you stand in front of this and let's make a picture? Yeah. Why not? Why not? And so I want to come out of this year with a lot of portraits and a lot of people photos that are things like this where there's an engagement with the camera it's not some sort of grab shot of a woman sitting on a cliff at yosemite but picture where i'm having an engagement as a photographer with the subject and i love this and it's inspirational to me because it's like this is the type of photo I want to take a lot of this year i i also want to take more pictures of people in the same way because it, it, it lights up something inside me that's like, oh, I like doing that. And I forget that I like doing that because it, because the opportunity doesn't happen very often. And so, uh, yeah, like I want to do it more. I just need to actually do it. That's what sort of the resolution aspect of it is. Well, and to take it deeper for everyone listening. Deeper. Let's go deeper. Yeah, let's go deeper. What we do here at Photo Combobulate. <laughs> I think now, and I'm, I'm being totally, I'm sure I'm transferring my own emotions onto everything else. Sure. But it's 2022. Let's go for it. We need more human connection mm-hmm. these days, I think. I think we've been lacking. We've been neglecting that part. 
And I feel like as a photographer, I am tired of landscapes. I've taken a lot of landscapes this last year. I love it. I love going outside. I love seeing these places. But looking back over the year, I was just like another set of mountains. And oh, look, some more mountains. Oh, look, some trees. <laughs> and after a while, I was like craving people. And I'm, I think it's because I'm craving people. Yeah, that absolutely <laughs> makes sense. I think it's why we started this podcast, honestly, is it was like you and I were like, we need to talk more. <laughs> and I really do want to use my photography to give to people more. You know, I, I, I don't do enough where I'm like, I want to take a portrait of you and then give it to you mm-hmm. because it's something I'm actually okay at and it might make you happy. And we could use more of that. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, I, I encourage people, if that's something you're feeling, go with it this year and make 2022 the year of the gift portraits, right? The spontaneous, serendipitous portrait motion sessions that we grab in our basements. Yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> yeah, so cool. Well, All right. I, I love your photos, Jeff. I think they're great. I love your photos. And, well, I... Yeah, right. Well, but, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's just some trees and modesty, and modesty, stuff. modesty, modesty. Okay. It's trees and mountains, trees and mountains. All right, folks. Well, thank you so much for listening to episode 11 of Photo Combobulate. We've got a lot ahead of us for 2022. we got a lot of things in the works I think you're going to be excited about. Please check out our website at photocombobulate.com where you can find show notes for this episode, all these pictures we've been talking about all of our past episodes and all the notes for those. And uh, you can also leave comments there if you'd like to reach out to us and give us ideas for episodes or give us your feedback about today's episode. And I would also encourage you, uh, make this your new, new Year's resolution. If you could go and rate and review our podcast, that really helps in terms of bringing in more listeners, helping us keep things going, possibly attract sponsors in the future. All of that is all good things. And, and I will extend that too. Uh, go like spend 20 minutes and rate and review all of your favorite podcasts because it's it, it's only good it, it it helps helps all of us like what we're saying just do more for each do other do more for each other be great excellent be great all right thank you so much folks until next time <laughs> <Take care. laughs>